Welcome back to the next episode of Anansaib. Now from time to time, we all go through a phase where we start to ask really important questions in our life. And this verse is all about that self-reflection and asking ourselves, what is my life about? In verse 35, the Guru asks the following questions. O body of mine, since coming into this world, what actions have you achieved? What actions have you achieved, O body of mine, since you came into this world? The divine who created your form, that Hari, has not been embedded in the mind. By Guru's grace, Hari embeds in the mind. What is pre-written is obtained. Says Nanak, the body is exalted for those who remain focused on the true Guru. There must have been a time in your life where you've questioned, is this it? Is there more to my life? Is there some real purpose in why I'm here? Now we have to ask ourselves these really important questions from time to time. Do you believe that there is actually a purpose to life? Do you believe that there is some spiritual or divine reason why we're here? If we look at the world from a very scientific approach, we might come to the conclusion that the universe is completely random and there's no ultimate reason why everything exists. And then we ask the spiritual masters. I like to think about them as the spiritual scientists, the ones who went and experimented with their own mindset, with their own awareness, with their own spiritual connection. And we would ask them and they would say there absolutely is a purpose, there absolutely is a reason and there's a duty for all human beings to connect to some higher purpose, some divine spiritual being or divine reality of some sort. So what's the truth? And who do we believe? Let's explore this verse to see if we can answer some of those questions. In the last verse, the Guru used the example of the bride welcoming her groom or a king and used the whole analogy of this union between bride and groom, this marriage, this wedding ceremony. And here, the Guru is asking, going back to the body, after that example, the Guru is asking the body again, if you haven't done that, if you haven't united the way that previous verse talked about, if you haven't done this, then what have you done? What have you achieved? If you haven't welcomed the life force that is the ultimate driver of your life, if you haven't welcomed it into your life, if you haven't discovered it, if you haven't allowed it to take its rightful place on the throne of your mind, to sit in your own home, then what are you doing with your life? And, and this is really where the Guru is going with this, with this verse here. And so in verse 35, Guru starts by saying, e merya, is kya tud karam kamaya. O body of mine, since coming into this world, what actions have you achieved? Ke karam kamaya aya. What actions have you achieved, O body of mine, since you came into this world? You know, a lot of the time we get so busy and life feels like there's so many things that need to be done. There are so many responsibilities with work and business and family. And even once we get all of those things, then there are the social pressures and the events that we need to attend and the different functions and family ceremonies that we need to be involved with. And so there might be times when you sit back and you ask yourself this question, 
is this it? Is this what my life is about? Just meeting all of these responsibilities? I know I've questioned my life so many times. Am I doing the right work? Is my life really just about my family and spending so much time looking after them and making sure that their needs are met? Am I wasting too much time meeting all my social responsibilities? And an Ansaib is an opportunity for us to regularly self-reflect, to reevaluate. It's not just about reading. It's not just about re reciting and learning this word. It's about internalizing it. And what we're trying to do with this self-reflection is to change our focus, change our focus away from worldly thoughts all the time and to go into our own selves, to go a little bit deeper into our own introspection. And what we're really looking for is to reflect on finding some meaning, finding out what's really important in life, you know, trying to escape the rat race because every single one of us is looking for that clarity in our life. Every single one of us wants to live a really purposeful, meaningful life. And there's also a fear. We all know that ultimately our time is running out. We all know that life is short. And what we don't want, the fear that we all live with, is we don't want to get to the end of our life and think that we've wasted it and feel like we really didn't make the most of it. So the question is, what is the most valuable thing doing in life? And this is what the Guru is trying to ask you. Why are we here? What are you here to do? And there are so many options. Think about all the different lifestyles that are out there. Think about all the different options there are for a young person growing up who goes through schooling and education. How many different choices they have for career? How many choices do they have for lifestyles and ways of living and making life meaningful for them? Out of all of those, is Guru just asking you to pick one? Is there one specific one that the Guru is asking you to do and saying that all the other options are wrong? What exactly is the Guru asking us to do? Now, again, it's really important to understand the deeper meanings of some of these words. So the word here is karam. The word karam that's been used here is what actions. And by using this, again, one of the mistakes that we can easily fall into is thinking the Guru has a specific set of actions that he's trying to get out of me. The Guru has a, a, a set of actions that he wants me to do and this wisdom needs me to do a certain thing. And time and time again, we fall into the trap of thinking that we need to do something different. And the Guru reminds us all the time that it's not what you do that counts. It is your thinking that needs to be changed. And that's where the Guru is really going with this. And if we see in the next line, the word man about the mind, about embedding within the mind is really where Guru is trying to take this conversation. In the next line, the Guru says, Jin har tera rachan rachya, sohar mananavasaya. The divine who created your form, that Hari has not been embedded in the mind. So the Guru is now reminding us, first by asking the question, what have you done with your life? He now says, the most important thing, which is to embed the divine wisdom into your mind, specifically it says, man navasaya, into the mind, this hasn't been embedded. So the Guru is clarifying what the Guru wants, what the wisdom wants from us. What the wisdom is encouraging us to do and steering us in the direction of is to change our mindset, not the actions. So the ultimate purpose of human life is really to recognize 
what life is and what you are. When we first understand what life is and who we are, then we can act upon that. The actions always come after the mindset. So only when you understand, when your mindset has been changed, only then you can decide how to live in that way. Only then can that perspective color the actions that you do in life. And think about, I, in the last verse I mentioned the kinds of Japji Sahib, which are the five stages of spiritual progression. Actually, they're really four. The fifth one is almost not a stage, but it's the final sort of outcome of it. But I, I talked about the third stage, which was the Saramkhand, which is the molding of the mind. The stage before that is understanding, Gyankhand. So the stages start with Taramkhand, which is you're here on life to achieve something. You start with Gyan, you start with the wisdom. The wisdom then has to transform the mind. The next stage after Saramkhand is Karamkhand, which is the action phase where you've had the understanding, it's molded your mind, it's shaped your mind into a new self-perspective, a new understanding of yourself and the world around you, and then the actions come into play. So when the Guru is asking, what actions have you done? You don't go straight into thinking, right, I'm not doing the right thing. I'm not waking up at the right time, or I'm certainly not doing this, or I'm not reading enough prayers, or I'm not stopping what I eat, or, do, or, or, or doing something different, or spending time with the right people. All of those things are helpful, to give you more wisdom, to transform your mind, and then to live according to those actions. It's really important when the Guru is talking about actions for you to understand what needs to be done as the precursor to those actions. And Guru is saying the first thing that needs to be done is the wisdom needs to be embedded in your mind. So when we understand that and we can move from that, the Guru is now going back and asking some really strong questions here and saying, how is it that you've forgotten? How is it that you have allowed the life force that is powering you, that is keeping you alive, that's keeping your heart beating, and the life force that's in you and all around you, the life force that makes you breathe? How is it that you've managed to forget something so important? The thing that has created you, Jin Har Tera Rachan Rachya, that divine essence that has created your form, how did you forget it? How have you how did you forget that this thing is alive and, and, and inside you and all around you? We talked about in the previous verses that the divine is your mother and father. It talks about in verse 33, Har ape mata ape pita, jin jiyo upai jagat dikhaya. Hari itself is your father and mother who created your being and showed you the world. And the Guru is asking your question, how did you forget your parents? How did you forget your real mother and father? How have you got to this situation where you're completely oblivious of the fact that you've been given all these gifts, these hands, these feet, this body, these eyes, these ears, this heart, these lungs? Where did they come from? You know, it's so easy to just believe that our body comes from our parents. Our physical body just comes from our parents. But really, we don't sit back and actually reflect on what is this amazing gift that I've been given and what am I supposed to do with it? I'm here to do something with it. I always like to think of this analogy that if somebody brought you the world's best camera and you never understood what it was and you end up just using it as a paperweight because it looks really good 
and somebody comes along who knows how to use it and say, hey, you know, there's a manual for that. It actually helps you to do this and this. It helps you to take great pictures or to take great video. And you understand, oh, that's what it was for. I never knew what it was for. I just, just got given this gift. Or you get given the gift and you say, well, I'm never going to read the manual. I'm not interested in the manual. All I'm interested in is I'll figure it out for myself. And then you're able to take some pictures with it. But somebody comes along and they take great pictures. And you wonder, how are they managing to get such great pictures? And you say, well, I know what it does. I know what all the buttons do. I read the instructions. I know what everything does. So I'm able to use it to its maximum capacity. And the same thing is really for this. This wisdom is the instruction, the manual for a human, human life. This wisdom is really to say, this is what your life is really about. Know how to use it. Know how to use these thoughts. Know how to use your relationships with things. Don't hold on to them. Just understand how to, how to make the most of life. Know how to be aware of every breath. Know how to do these things from the people who know how to do it. From the wisdom that comes from that ultimate source from which you're made as well. So the Guru is asking you a question. How did you forget all of this? How did you conclude that this mind and body is for you and is owned by you and you can just do whatever it is that, that your mind can come up with? You know, there's a brilliant verse by Guru Arjan Dev Ji where he really talks about very quickly and very nicely about what the purpose of a human life is. And it starts with this beautiful salok. And if you're familiar with the, with the verses of Gurbani, um, how the, 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 the saloks are, are structured is usually a salok is a two-line verse or it could be a, a verse with a couple of lines and it usually poses a problem or it poses a question or it gives one way of looking at life and then there is the solution to that which is followed by something called a pori which is another type of po poetry where it actually answers that problem. So Guruji starts, this Guru Arjan Dev Ji salok starts with this line Avan ai srishtamehe Bin buje pasator. Those who have come into the world without understanding are like animals and beasts. Nanak gurmukh so buje jake pag mathor. O Nanak, they understand who follow the Guru and have such destiny on their foreheads. And in the following pori, the Guru then says, What is the ultimate understanding? Ya jagmhe eke ko aya. They have come into this world to become one. Janmat mohio mohani maya. But since birth, they've been mesmerized by the enchanting maya. So in this salok and pauri by Guru Arjan Dev Ji, the fifth guru, he very clearly states what all human beings are here to do. He says, Ya jagme eke ko aya. You have come into this world to connect with oneness, to become one, to become part of the world that you were from, the thing that you've been born out of, it's almost as though it was saying that you are here to remember your mother, to find your mother, to find your original parent, to realize what you are. And what's so amazing is that this idea of realizing what you are can be seen throughout human history. You know, you, 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 you take all of these amazing stories from various cultures around the world. I look at the story of Hercules, Greek mythology, for those of you who are aware. Hercules is the son of a god, the son of Zeus. And when he is young, he gets born or he gets, he gets made into a young human with human powers. 
with ordinary human powers. He's able to do what another human being is doing, but nothing more than that. And he's totally forgotten that he was a god. And then his journey is to fight a whole bunch of demons in order to then realize that he is a god himself. And when I look at that story, I understand that there is a message there, even in the Greek mythological tradition, which is basically saying, you have descended from divinity, you have forgotten, you think you're an ordinary human being. We're all like that. We're all that Hercules. We're all coming from that divine place. And you've forgotten who you are. And you have to defeat your demons in order to realize that you were always divine to begin with. And so we see that this is the idea of all spiritual masters. And the Guru Arjan Dev Ji here is very clearly saying that there are so many people who are born on this world, on this world and they are completely distracted. They've forgotten what their life is like and those who have forgotten are like animals, are like beasts. And the Guru is saying you're here to, to realize that you are divine just as the last verse was talking about the bride is here to get married to the husband. Just like the bride is, is, is so anxious to reunite with her husband, the one that she was destined to be with, we are here to reunite with our divine husband. We're like the bride who's here waiting. We have an opportunity to unite with that ultimate being. But the question here is, why has the Guru used such harsh words against people who don't use this? I mean, look at this, this, this language that the Guru is using. Guru saying, the people who don't understand this, they're like animals, they're like beasts. So what are we supposed to take from that? If we see ourselves as on some sort of spiritual awakening, some journey, then are all the people in our own families and our friends' circles and people who are not on this journey, are they to be seen as animals? Do we need to see them as something that is, or some, some people that are inferior? And now the, the answer to that, if we look at this verse from the Guru, he explains why they're like animals. And he says, Janamat Mohio. He uses this word Mohio. He says, since birth, they have been hypnotized. Mohio. They've been mesmerized. And the words about animals is not that we need to see them as beasts in the way that we would use that terminology, but to see them almost like cattle. Cattle who are just following the herd. They don't know any better. It's not their fault. They just literally are doing what everybody else is doing. So that's how Guruji is trying to explain that we are acting like animals because we're just following the herd. We're just acting like cattle who just do what everybody else does. So I suppose where I'm taking my understanding of human purpose is that it's not that we're here to fulfill a purpose. It's that we are here to realize an opportunity. And there's a subtle difference between those two. We have an opportunity that is not available to animals. We're not this opportunity is not available to other life forms, but is available to human beings. So we have to now understand the opportunity. If we don't seize that opportunity to experience true freedom, to realize what we really are, to experience human bliss at the highest possible way, then the spiritual masters are saying, oh, you've wasted that opportunity. You've wasted that gift that was given to you where there was so much potential but you didn't realize what to do with it, or you weren't lucky enough to understand it. And this raises more questions. 
Because sometimes the Guru is saying time and time again, it's nothing to do with you. You're not able to do this yourself. Nothing is being done by you. And then on the other hand, the Guru is saying, you're wasting your life. You're living like an animal. So which one is it? It's, it seems so confusing sometimes. Are we in control or are we not in control? And although it seems confusing, what the Guru is really pointing out is the complex nature of what life really is. And the, the fact of the matter is both are actually true. And Guru often talks on multiple levels. And if you understand it from a higher level, you can see what the Guru is saying. But the Guru is saying on the highest level, yes, absolutely, everything is oneness. When you're in that state of oneness, you realize everything is part of the oneness. We do not exist as separate entities, just like the wave cannot exist separate from the ocean. We cannot exist separate from the ultimate essence of the universe. And so from that higher level, of course, everything is the, is the ocean. Everything is the oneness. Nothing is in the capability of the, the wave itself. But then Guru also talks on a more relatable level where Guru is just talking to the individual. And Guru is trying to convince our minds and saying, hey, take a step back. Look at your life. Reflect on your life. Take action on how to live your life better. So when we understand that the Guru is talking at two different levels, we then have to make sure that in our own minds we never ever judge anyone for not being on this spiritual journey. There is absolutely no room for us to feel superior because we all start from the same place. We are all at the same level of understanding. We don't all know what this ultimate truth is. We all start from a very basic understanding of what life is. We're all trying to do our best. Everybody is trying to live the life in the best way they know how. And for some people, they may be lucky that within this lifetime, this wisdom seems to make sense to them. This wisdom is something that they gravitate towards or sticks to them. And for other people, it doesn't quite make sense. They don't know what to do with this. So we're never to judge anyone else. We have to see ourselves as just lucky ones who are able to get, to have an opportunity to escape the rat race of life, to escape the mental barriers that are inherent in all human beings. And so this is where the Guru time and time again says, it's not to do with you, don't take it as something that you've achieved. Even though the question starts by saying, what have you achieved? Always realize it's not your achievement. And this is the, the, the paradox of Gurbani or the, or the in apparent paradox. It isn't really a paradox because you understand it on, on both the levels, then you realize that both of the statements make sense. And in the next line, Guru says quite clearly, Gur Prasadi Harman Vasya, Purab Likhyapaya. By Guru's grace, Hari embeds in the mind. What is pre-written is obtained. So the Guru is saying time and time again, the perceptions of our lives begin to change when we are lucky enough to be exposed to this wisdom. And the action then is only to follow this wisdom. The ultimate action that we all have to do is we need to understand this wisdom, take this wisdom in our life and surrender our own path, surrender our heads to the idea that we think we can just decide what life is and know what life is really about. Because there are people who've experienced this at a far greater level than we have. And they've come and they've told us, there is a path. There is a path that takes you towards your ultimate realization of what you are. And then Guru goes on to use some very interesting words here. It says, Purab Likhya Paya. What is pre-written is obtained. 
Now, a lot of the times pre-written seems to be misunderstood as everything in your life is completely mapped out for you. From the minute you were born, your entire life story is written and you just have to follow the script and just act out every single thing, like almost like a play. Like everything that the character says and everything that the character does has already been created and you just have to act it out. But I take pre-written in a slightly different way that what you were here to achieve, every human being has the potential to achieve. They, they've been sent with, it's the manual for the camera analogy. You've been sent with a set of instructions for what you can do. If you do that, you've achieved your potential. And so the Guru is really saying, or I believe the Guru is saying, that which is pre-written for you, the purpose for which you were sent onto this earth, when you follow the Guru, that's when you've completed that, when you've achieved that purpose of your life. So mankind has an opportunity. Call it an opportunity or a purpose or a destiny. And your destiny is to come into this world, into this body, and realize what this is. Realize what game is being played here. And every single human being has that opportunity and even has the trigger to go on that search. And that trigger for that search to self-realization and divine discovery is emptiness. Is this hollow, empty feeling in your life. This feeling like there needs to be something more to life. And I started this whole verse by asking this question, have you ever asked yourself the ultimate questions of life? Why am I here? Is this it? We're all born with those questions. And we try and fill that feeling of emptiness with external temporary pleasures. But that feeling of emptiness is your entry point to realize that I keep trying to fill this hole with stuff. And this hole in my life never seems to be filled. It's just like a black hole. You, you just put more stuff into it and more people and more relationships and more addictions. And it never really seems to fill this void. And the Guru is saying, that black hole that's inside you, this emptiness, you need to go into it and you need to disappear into that. And when you disappear into that, all the lights get switched on. It's not really a, a black hole, but it is the ultimate light. So what is the Guru? The Guru is the one who takes us from darkness to light, the one who shines a light on what our life is all about. So we have been pre-programmed with this inner emptiness. That's what's been pre-written for us. And if we're able to go into that emptiness, if we're able to go into the void of ourselves, and I realize I'm using quite technical terminology and I don't want people to think, well, what is he talking about? How do you go into the void? Well, we're talking about it as much as possible, making it as, as relatable. So if you're able to realize that the emptiness that's inside you is a trigger for you to go on a journey of self-discovery, using the guides of the wisdom that's already there, this ultimate divine wisdom that's always been there. So every human being is created with that emptiness so it can discover that there is a, a bigger connection. And no other life form on earth is doing any soul searching. I love watching these nature documentaries and I wonder, like, what are these animals doing all day? How do they just sit around and eat and hunt and sleep? And what do they do with, the, with their whole day? If you had nothing to do, no TV to watch, no books to read, most of them are just trying to survive and they're content. They're not going on, an, on a journey to try and figure out what life is. But the human does. 
human tries to do more than what we're capable of doing. Every human being is trying to go and, and search and, and, and realize and fulfill a potential. And the Guru is saying the potential is not going to be fulfilled out there. The potential is going to be fulfilled when you go within yourself. And so this is what it means that all other animals are happy living in their very simple lives where they're just meeting their animal instincts. They're just following their animal needs. And the human is soul searching. The human is trying to do something deeper. So we have something pre-written in us that doesn't seem to be in others. And when people aren't going into that, then the Guru has said, it's like, you're, it's like you're an animal. You're only doing the very basic animalistic things. And your human life is being wasted. Your opportunity is being wasted by searching on the outside. So the Guru is always trying to make it really clear, this is the journey. Look how lucky you are that this wisdom is available to you. Even the people listening to these words that I'm saying right now, these words being translated into very simple English in, 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 in analogies that we can understand. I mean, sometimes I'm looking at, at this wisdom and I'm saying, how lucky are we that we get to understand this, that we get to train our mind to think in this particular way. And this guru has always existed. This wisdom has always existed, but it's not been accessible to a lot of people. And so we're so fortunate if we get the opportunity to understand this Guru's wisdom. We're so lucky if in our culture, in our tradition, in, in our lifestyle, somehow we come across a teacher, any teacher that is able to connect us back to this original wisdom. And so we have to realize the, the, what we're being offered here is the manual to human life. And it doesn't matter who that teacher is. It matters whether this wisdom takes you back to oneness. And that's how you judge whether this wisdom is correct or not. Is it making you do a whole bunch of religious things? Is it making you more aware of what you really are? Is it making you connect with yourself on an individual ego-based level? Or is it making you dissolve the ego and connect on an ultimate level? So we're so lucky if there are any spiritual masters in our lives because look at the grace that they experienced this and they didn't just sit with it. Look at the grace of those spiritual masters that they experienced this and they had the inclination within them to go and spread this wisdom. Look at the resurrection story of Christ. On his very final moments, he, he gathers all his disciples together and he says, go. Go and spread this message. Go to every corner of the earth and make sure people know what this God is, what the kingdom of heaven is. Know that the mission that Christ has come onto this earth is to help people understand what this wisdom is. And so every spiritual master who has been spiritually awakened has not been one that's been driven to help us. Some of them are just spiritually inclined to sit and be with their oneness. And there are those who have allowed us to understand this wisdom. So realize the grace, realize how important this is in your life. And Guru ends this verse by saying, Says Nanak, the body is exalted for those who remain focused on the true Guru. This human body has met its potential has realized its purpose, has fulfilled its very meaning and reason for being here if you find this wisdom, if you fall at the Guru's feet, 
if you realize the Guru's mindset. And only those who come across this wisdom of oneness have fulfilled their destiny, have completed their life's mission, have realized the ultimate purpose of what their life is about. Answer the following questions either by writing them down or discussing them in your groups. What is your greatest achievement in life so far? What do you hope to achieve by the end of your life? Do you believe that you have an ultimate purpose? How can we help others who do not have a spiritual outlook towards life? Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. Nanak Nam is here to help transform the lives of people all around the world through the wisdom of Gurmat spirituality. And none of this work is possible without your support. If you feel that even more people could benefit by hearing Guru Nanak's message of oneness, then please consider setting up a regular monthly donation by visiting our website nanaknam.org forward slash donate. With your support, we're taking Gurmat global.